Well, guys, it is good to be with you. It is good to worship the Lord. And it's also good to get into his words. So why don't we open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. Can we pull up the slides? We're going to jump right into this this morning because <clears throat> this is either going to be a super short study or it's going to be long. <laughs> I don't think there's an in-between this morning. Uh, There's a lot here, but I do want us to be sensitive to why God has laid out what he has laid out for us in chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. And your homework was to read all of those chapters uh, in preparation for this, so I hope you did that. If not, there's always time to repent. God is a God of second chances, and you guys can spend this week reading through those chapters. So the question that we have set before us this morning, I think is very applicable in the day in which we live, is the question, are we charismatic? Okay, and why do I bring up that question? Because we're going to get into the spirituals today, because that's where Paul takes us now in Corinthians. And if you guys recall, we just looked at uh, head coverings and headship, and uh, chapter 11 ended with communion and the importance of that sacrament within the church, which if I forget, we want to close our time this morning partaking of the Lord's table. So remind me if I forget. Um, And now he changes gears and he's going to look at nine gifts that are given to the church. And these are spiritual gifts. They would not be something that is natural or we could learn or a skill. It's something that is given by God that is supernatural. And the thing that I think is kind of cool, are you guys familiar with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5? Do you guys know how many fruits are laid out there for us? Nine. And there's nine gifts here. And it's cool because nine, biblically speaking, speaks to divine completion. And guys, we have been completed in Christ. If you are born again of the Spirit of God, we are now whole. <laughs> Old things have passed away. We are now alive. We are complete in Christ, you know, which I think is so cool. So before we jump into the chapter, I want to share with you just a devotion. How many of you guys read a Christian devotion daily? Oswald Chambers. There's so many out there, so many good ones. Uh, this morning, this was from Chuck Smith. How many of you guys are familiar with Chuck Smith? He's got a daily devotion. This is the one from September 18th. And I read it this morning, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool, because we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. Church, I just want to read this through with you guys real quick, because I think you'll be blessed by it uh, like I was. Uh, This talks about the natural man and the spiritual man. It says here, but the natural man does not receive things of the Spirit of God, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who has who is spiritual, judges all things. Do you guys know that God has given us eyes to see? Okay, we are spiritually alive. We were blind before, but now we can understand. Some people don't even want to touch spiritual things, the spiritual gifts, what God says about charismania in the Bible, because they're spiritually blind. But uh, Chuck goes on and he explains this for us. He says, the natural man is one who has not been born again. And you guys know that is the only thing that matters in this life? Have you been born again in the Spirit of God? Are you saved? 
Because if you ain't saved, you ain't going to be with him for all eternity. Hell is a very real place. We will be judged for our sin. And there's only one way that we can be forgiven of our sin. And that is through faith in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? There's the gospel. If you don't believe that, repent and believe this morning, please. Okay? It's the only thing that matters in life. (laughs) But he goes on to say, um, did I finish that? Sorry, I'm not teaching this devotional. I just want to read it. I'm done. (laughs) He goes on to say, in fact, the natural man, it just as he sounds. He is natural as the day he is born with no concept or understanding of God. The natural man doesn't understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. Just as a blind man cannot enjoy the brilliance of a sunset, The natural man lacks the faculties by which spiritual things are understood and appreciated. A whole new dimension is opened to the spiritual man. And isn't that the coolest thing? Okay, weren't you guys just blown away? You get saved and you're just like, whoa, I see. (laughs) Things kind of make sense, okay? Everything was kind of gray before. Now it's very black and white. Jesus really is who he said he is. He really is the savior of the world. I really am born again. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. Anyways, Going on, he goes, so what is the spiritual man? Well, he's a man whose spirit has been born again, so he is alive to the things of the spirit, and he understands the things of the spirit. And yet Paul said, he who is spiritual judges all things. You guys remember that back from chapter 2 in Corinthians? And it also says there, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Have you ever noticed how people often don't understand you as a Christian? Anybody? All right. Well, I'm just goofy to begin with, but uh, (laughs) you're an enigma to them. So why do you like going to church so much? Or why don't you drink? Or why do you, or what do you do for fun? The natural man can't understand the joy of living in fellowship with God. Is there anything better in life than walking with Jesus, knowing him? fellowship with our creator. It's the coolest thing, right? They can't understand that. But we who are born again by the Spirit know full well the blessing of walking with Jesus and the peace that comes from being forgiven and cleansed. So there's prayer he closes with in the devotion is, Father, thank you for saving us. Thank you that by your Holy Spirit we can discern your truth and understand the mysteries of your word. May you open our eyes of those who don't yet know you. Would you guys add an amen to that? Absolutely. And I thought this was quite fitting this morning as we jump into the spiritual gifts and we consider the first 11 verses of 1 Corinthians 12 together here this morning. So before we jump in, and we're going to go verse by verse through this chapter Uh, we have a challenge set before us and I want to consider a couple other passages of scriptures because the first verse in 1 Corinthians 12 tells us what? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, don't ignore this. And if we're honest, how many of you guys think the church at large has ignored the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12.31 exhorts us to earnestly desire the best gifts. Don't ignore, (laughs) and God says, desire the best gifts. And then we're told in 1 Timothy 4, 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you. That's kind of easy to do. How many of you guys know your spiritual gift? Like, I know I've been given a spiritual gift that we're about to go through in here, okay? We know that. 
How easy is it to neglect that gift? I'm guilty of that, okay? If God's given it to us, and you know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, his gifts are good, should we not enjoy them? Should we not use them for the glory of God? Just think about it. God's very serious about what he gives to us. You guys remember the parable of the talents? Hey, you've been given this. What are you going to do with this? Because when the Lord does return, what is he going to find as a result of the gift he's given to you? Were you faithful with it? Did you use it for his glory? Or did you just bury it in the ground? Okay, and I think God has given many, many gifts. And we're really good at just, oh, thanks. That's cool. Buried. Moving on with my agenda. Anyways, God forgive us, right? 1 Timothy 1.6 says, stir up the gift of God which is in you. Where do you guys get most stirred up when it comes to the things of the Lord? Do not forsake the assembling together. You guys ever read that verse? Because of the deceitfulness of sin. We need to be in fellowship, guys. Do you guys know that church is not optional for the believer? God tells us, don't forsake it. You need to be in fellowship. Because we are easily deceived. But one of the blessings that I see when we do choose to obey the Lord in his command of gathering together, don't you guys get stirred up? I mean, every Sunday, there's times I don't feel like coming to church. Pastor, you're not allowed to say that. But there is. Don't you guys just have like, man, it's been a long week. It'd be great just to sleep in and not, you know, go to church this week, you know. But I'm grateful every single time that I come. Why? Because I get stirred up in the spirit. It just happens. That's what happens when we gather together. We are to stir each other up. So I want you guys to grab a hold of this challenge. You guys think this is biblical challenge? I'm not making this stuff up. This is what the word exhorts us to do. So as we approach 1 Corinthians 12, let's have these things in mind. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1, I want to hit on this for a moment. Uriah, could you grab my water bottle? I think it might be on the table over there. If not, steal mom's and bring it up here. She loves me. It's so cool for you guys who aren't married. You'll get over cooties once you get married. So now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, you see it here? I do not want you to be ignorant. Do not be ignorant. Well, <clears throat> what does God say about being ignorant? Would he have to say this if we were prone to not do it? But we do do it. And we actually ignore many things in the word. And there's actually quite a few things that the New Testament speaks to us as the church, the body of Christ, not to ignore. And I'm not going to exhaust all of them. But this phrase, I do not want you to be ignorant, is very pointed. And Paul brings it up four times in his letters. And I want to go through the four things that God has told us not to ignore as the church. And the first one that we're reading here is what? The spiritual gifts. There's some guys I really enjoy reading. I like their commentaries. They expound the scriptures well. Nominal sermons, teaching. And I went to a few of these guys because I wanted a little insight concerning the spiritual gifts. And they didn't expound too much. Actually, some of them said, hey, the gifts aren't even for us. We shouldn't even deal with them. 
really. But that's what's going on in the church today. So do we take what men say or what God says? Well, if God says don't ignore them, then we got to deal with them. And how we deal with them, it needs to be according to what he says, correct? So we're going to deal with that this morning, but I do want to highlight three others that we find in Scripture. One is from Romans chapter 11. I do not want you to be ignorant concerning Israel, okay? A lot of the church has done away with Israel, had a conversation with my mom earlier this week. She's hanging out at the Catholic Church for some reason, talking to priests. I don't know why you were there, but <laughs> the topic of Israel came up. And anyone who knows my mom, you guys know that she loves Israel. She's been there like a thousand times. Okay, she dragged me and my wife there this last, or two years ago. Anyways, love, love for Israel. And part of that is because as Christians, we're told not to ignore Israel. And if we actually take God's word seriously concerning Israel, we know that she is the apple of God's eye, that she is God's chosen people, that our Messiah, he was a Jew. We're not to ignore Israel. And Paul goes on in chapter 11 to say, hey, God is not done with Israel. He's not forsaken her. He's going to be faithful to the everlasting covenant that he made with her. And we have prophecy after prophecy in the Bible concerning her. And that, yeah, she would be dispersed. But in the last days, she would be gathered back together in the land. But the Catholic priest doesn't understand that. Why? Because the church has chosen to ignore Israel. We have a lot of our brothers and sisters in the Lord who actually will say, the church, we've replaced Israel. God is done with her, finished with her, which is actually going against what God says. But because of some bad theology they have, they have to conclude those things and try to fit us as the body of Christ and make up. We've been grafted in the blessings of the Jewish people, but the reality is any Jew who is born again of the Spirit of God, they are the same as any one of us who are Gentiles here this morning We're just a part of the church. We're a part of the body of Christ. That's who we are. And we can't ignore what God says about Israel. So it's funny because a lot of the church today ignores spiritual gifts. And they also ignore Israel and what God says about her. You think there's a reason why God brought these things up for us not to ignore? And then we do that. We do it. (gasps) Anyways, look at 2 Corinthians here, chapter 1, verse 8, and then also in chapter 2, 11. We're told to be um, not ignorant when it comes to our suffering as believers, the trials that we go through, and also the schemes of the devil. Often do we hear things taught in the church concerning Satan and his schemes. He is the father of lies. He is very much alive. He's the accuser of the brethren. Do you guys know that he's doing that right now? You know, and it's so cool you know, I, I sin, and I'm sure Satan's there. Hey, look at God. Look what I got your son to do. You know, look what he did again. And it's so cool because what does Jesus say to him? <laughs> He's forgiven. <laughs> look at the scars. <laughs> I shed my blood for him. You know, he can accuse me all day long, Satan. But the reality is if you're in Christ, guys, you are forgiven. You are holy as he is holy. 
It's because of him. But we're not to ignore the enemy. And the Bible does teach us, okay? That's why it's important to be in the word. But we're not to ignore Satan and his devices. We need to be aware of those things. And there's a lot of the church today that don't even want to talk about Satan. They don't even want to talk about hell. Do you guys know some churches have erased that altogether? Oh, we're not, we don't even believe in hell, actually. You know, if you're a non-believer and you die, you just cease to be. That's being taught today in some churches. It's crazy. Don't ignore that. And then another one that we see in 1 Thessalonians 4, this is the fourth one that Paul points out not to ignore is the rapture and the second coming of Jesus. Do you guys know that the majority of the churches right here in the Fox Valley, okay, over 200 churches, most, the majority of them, do not teach the rapture of the church. The Bible says that's our blessed hope. (laughs) But there are many that just ignore that, okay, because that doesn't fit our theology or we don't believe in that. Don't you know that rapture is not even mentioned in the Bible? Do you guys know that? Why would you believe in the rapture? Because God says not to ignore it. And I know the word rapture is in the Bible, okay? Eraptoris is the Latin word for rapture, which they got from the Greek word harpazo, which means the catching up. I understand that the catching up is the rapture. So you tell me, what's the catching up then? What is 1 Thessalonians 4 telling us? Why are we told to ignore this catching up? And the church ignores that. Do you guys know we have a blessed hope? I woke up this morning and my first prayers was, God, today, it would be cool if you came. (laughs) It would be really cool. We don't know when that day or hour is going to come, but he's going to come for his church. And there is a very real time yet future, the great tribulation. The world's going to be judged. A lot of people are like, why hasn't God judged us? We've rebelled. We've turned our back on him. Okay? He's long-suffering. I don't know about you guys. Aren't you glad he waited for you? You know, that you came to salvation in Christ? I sure am. And we know his heart is long-suffering, desiring to none to perish. But there will come a time, guys, and we believe that time's getting close. So these are the four things that are laid out in the New Testament for us not to ignore. And the church, for some reason, loves to ignore the gifts, Israel, Satan, and the rapture. And those are the specific things God says Do not ignore. So, back to our question this morning. Are we charismatic? Okay. I'm going to just quickly go over these four different camps. Okay. And these are the major ones within Christendom today. Cessationalism is... Um, they would believe in their, their camp that would say, hey, the early church used the gifts, okay, but they've ceased. The gifts of the Spirit that we're about to go through here in 1 Corinthians 12, that was just for the early church, okay? It's the opposite of continuism, believing that God is still giving gifts to the church, and then we have charismatics, okay, and we believe in all the gifts, for today, but we also believe, and I want you to jot down 1 Corinthians 14 40. It says, All things are to be done decently and in order. Okay? That's what a charismatic would believe. Yes, <laughs> the gifts are available, but there are biblical mandates on how they're to be used, and there's an order, and you're to let them be done. 
And then we have <clears throat> the uh, charismaniacs, okay? They also believe in all the gifts are for today, but they, for some reason, have a very low view of the Bible, okay? The preaching of God's word isn't a primary point when they gather together, and they move in the gift of prophecy, but they say that prophecy oftentimes is over what God declares. And guys, we're not against, again, any of the gifts. If prophecy is spoken, the first thing we do with it is what? We check it with the word. <laughs> it's never to go over because the word of God is the ultimate authority, period, okay? And then we have Pentecostals, okay? They believe in all the gifts for today, but they believe that speaking in tongues is a proof that you have the Holy Spirit, that you are born again of the Spirit. And that's a little scary place to be in, okay? How many of you guys do not have the gift of tongues? Raise your hand, okay? Well, they would say you're all going to hell. You don't have faith in Jesus. But the Bible says what? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, you will be saved. Period. <laughs> We're going to get into all this in the next few weeks as we keep going through Corinthians, okay? But when it comes to the gifts, he gives as he wills. Some he may will to have the gift of tongues and some not. So for it to be a proof that you are saved, that's very unbiblical. I remember there was a Sunday morning. We were out at the VFW building out in Freedom. Okay, the Begonias used to go out there with us. We used to use that old church trailer outside. Everything we had for church was in that trailer, okay? And we'd have to unload and set up for church every Sunday in that building. And then after we're done, pack it all back up again. So there was one morning we were locked out for some reason. I don't know if they had changed the locks that week or whatever. Our key wasn't working, so we had to call somebody to come and open up the doors for us. And there was a small group of us there waiting to get in and set up. And a guy and his wife pull up in this white convertible. And they ask, do you guys speak in tongues? What? Do you guys speak in tongues? We love Jesus, I told them. Do you guys speak in tongues? Well, we believe the Bible's true. Do you speak in tongues? This is all the guy could say. Do we speak in tongues? I'm like, some of us do, some of us don't. And he just drove off with his wife. Well, later to come find out, he's the pastor of the large Pentecostal church in the Fox Valley. That's all they care about. Not, and they live in freedom. I had no idea they lived out in freedom. Not like, hey, who are you guys? What is God doing? I see this is a new church. Excited that there's a Bible teaching church in freedom. That's how we got our name here at Freedom Fellowship. We were out in freedom for a while. You think that would be like a joy, like, hey, my hometown, my church is all on the other end of the valley, and there's one here in the city in which I live. How, all he cared about is, do you speak in tongues? Well, after service that day, and this sticks in my mind, guys, we had a lot of people visiting, often still. It seems like every week we have somebody visiting at Freedom, and it's cool. After that service, someone came up to me, and like, hey, teaching was great. You guys are just a little too charismatic for us. Well, wait a minute. Nobody spoke in tongues today at church. 
No one got up and gave prophecy today at church. But there were a few that were raising their hands during worship, and that was too charismatic for those people, and they weren't going to come back to church. So I left that day thinking, wow, (laughs) quite the extremes we have today within the body of Christ. You speak in tongues. If you don't, you're not really saved. (laughs) All the way to the extreme of, hey, you raised your hand. too charismatic for us. There's a lot of controversy within the body of Christ today when it comes to charismania. Guys, we here at Freedom, we care about what God says. We want to rightly divide the word, and that's what I want to do with you guys this morning, okay? Because there's a lot of camps, okay? I'm not saying that brothers and sisters that believe that the gifts have ceased, okay? And there's a lot of them today, Okay. They're brothers and sisters in Christ, hopefully. Like, we don't really know each other's hearts. <laughs> but even in Pentecostal circles, guys, you know, yeah, gifts may be abused, things might not be being done decently in order, 1 Corinthians 14, 40. But they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think we really need to be praying for grace, okay, in a unity because I wish Mr. Pastor Corvette Man <laughs> that we had relationship enough to have a conversation rather than just saying, hey, it's all about this one point. Who are you? Let's get to know one another. Let's have conversation. Let's let iron sharpen iron. Let's have conversation together. And my hope over the next few weeks as we consider chapters 12, 13, and 14 together is that you guys can intelligently handle the word of God, that we have a grasp on what the word says, what God says concerning charismania and the gifts of the spirit because they are important to the body of Christ. And you see the Corinthian church, have you guys kind of caught as we've been studying through this last year? They're pretty messed up, aren't they? Okay, very carnal, very fleshly church. And even in all their goofiness, okay, they were still exercising the gifts of the Spirit. But even in that, doing spiritual things got off the rails. They weren't being done in a way that honored God and glorified Him. So we're going to dive in and consider that together this morning. So now concerning spiritual gifts... What comes to your minds when you think of a gift? Anybody? Share. Gift. What? Grace. Greatest gift of all time, huh? Way to go for it, Timmy. Just like knock it out of the park right away. What else do you guys think of? It's free. free, Right? 98 days to Christmas. They're given because of love, right? How many of you guys like a gift when you know the person put a lot of forethought into it? Like, oh, they get me. They got me a bag of coffee. I don't know what you guys like. But <laughs> now you know my love language. Um, what else comes to mind when you think of a gift? I like gifts or giving. Yeah. Yeah, we do like gifts. We do. There's a blessing in it. Okay. Jocelyn, have you recently been loved by the gifts? She's had not just one baby shower. She's been being showered. But don't you feel loved? 
Like, hey, my friends, my family, my students, they love me. There's just something about that, guys. And we are, oh boy, we've been given much, haven't we, as believers? I mean, everything that this world is really looking for and wanting, we actually have, okay? That whole, the thing every person is missing is Jesus, is relationship with their creator. And we have him. And we can share him with the world. That's the coolest thing. And God will give us gifts because being in him, he's a good dad. And being a good dad, if you ask of him, you guys remember what Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit? If you ask of him, you know, will he not give you the Holy Spirit? And there are gifts that are divine, that are heavenly, that are beyond ourselves, the natural, our flesh, that God wants to give. But they're not just for us. Do you guys understand that? The gifts are given that we would be able to then give to others. We are blessed from God that we may bless others. Do you guys long for that overflow in your life? I hope so because that's what God has for us. He has called us to. Those torrents of living waters speaking of the Holy Spirit, they should be gushing out of our lives. But the problem is, are we receiving the gifts from God? Do we receive by faith? So many of us are a little scared because I don't really understand those gifts or, or if you bless me in that way. Father, if I receive that, I know you're going to ask me what not to neglect that gift that you've given to me. There might be some responsibility then if you give me that gift. There's a lot of reasons why we might shy away from a gift, but how if we know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, James 1.17, why would we ever want to neglect that? We'd want to receive that, and who knows what God has. Like, we're told to earnestly desire the best gifts. Do you guys desire the gifts of the Spirit? Or is this the first time as a Christian you're actually looking into the Scriptures like, oh, I didn't even know there were some gifts for me. What are these spirituals that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about? Do we actually want to know? Do we want to get this? Do we want to receive all that God has for us? I hope we do. But that takes faith. It takes an openness. So receive what he has. I love gifts too. So again, I do want to make the point, guys. We're not looking at natural gifts, okay? Um, but these are given by God, okay? Not by parents. You know, some of us, we look at our kids like, oh, yeah. You got that awesome throwing arm from me because I can throw a ball really good. It's not like that. Also, learn skills. Okay, a lot of people, hey, if I just learn, if I get the skills. No, these are supernatural gifts. That's what we're talking about here. And another reason why people don't want to receive the gifts, the gifts have been abused. How many guys would say, yeah? That is a thing that is true. I, I've talked with a lot of brothers and sisters, even pastors who've been in the pastorate for a while who shy away from exercising any of the gifts or even, go, even to the point that they want to just jump in and say, yeah, I'm good with believing that the gifts aren't for today. And it's because they've seen the abuse of the gifts today in the church. And that's a bummer. 
but it should never cause anyone, and especially us, to want to shy away from what God wants to do and give. Because again, there is the gift of grace that our sister brought up, and we do need to extend grace to others. You know, and yeah, and if a gift is being abused, are we willing to lovingly come alongside that brother or sister and speak truth to that in love to them and say, hey, it's awesome that you're open to the gifts and that you're using the gifts God's giving you, but how you're using it is not being done decently and in order in the way God has asked us to do biblically. Don't we want to be biblical concerning these gifts? Absolutely. So, oh boy, I have a lot of things I want to say. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, there's a book called Living Waters. You guys can jot that down by Chuck Smith. I shared that devotion before. That was from Chuck Smith. Uh, this book I picked up when I was 20 years old. Okay, I grew up in a church that believed in the gifts. Okay, they were charismatic but I'd never seen any of the gifts ever used. So it's just like, okay, we teach it, (laughs) we believe it, but I never saw any of those gifts exercised until I stepped out of that church and I went with a friend to another church and I saw the gifts being used. Guess what that did to me? It stirred me up. I believed it, now I'm seeing it. And sometimes, guys, believing is seeing. And in that, I was desiring, I began to pray for the gifts of the Spirit. And I think the first gift he gave me was actually the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because up to that point in my life, I was a believer in Jesus, but I had never led anyone to Jesus Christ. I would tell my friends about Jesus, and they're like, oh, good for you or you're goofy, we know that. (laughs) But nobody would put their faith in Jesus, and I would pray for my friends. Nothing would happen. But I did get baptized in the Spirit one Wednesday evening because I saw there's, there's more. There's more that you have, God, and I do believe that there's things you want to give me, not for me, but for your glory, for your purposes, because I was a very broken young man. I felt like I had nothing, I was nothing. What can I do? The Lord said, here, you've asked. And the Bible teaches that. Do you guys know that the Spirit of God can be with us? We read that in Scripture over and over. We also read that New Testament, we are taught that the Spirit of God is not just with us, but he's going to be in us. He's made his home with us. That's pretty cool. When you're born again in the Spirit, he is with you and in you. But Jesus told his disciples, you guys, you're believers. I know you believe in me. (laughs) I want you to go wait. Wait until the Spirit of God comes upon you in power to do what? To be witnesses of me. And when I got baptized in the Spirit... Oh, I was baptized in water, (laughs) baptized in the Spirit of God. It came upon me. I'm still sharing Jesus, but something else began to happen. People began to ask questions about this Jesus I was talking about. It was no longer 
you're goofy. It's, hey, you're a little goofy, but I'm interested now in what you're talking about. Tell me more. And I had friends start getting saved. What happened? The empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing. Do you guys know that none of you can save anybody? I can't save anybody. But man, when the Spirit of God, when we're just a vessel, Lord, speak through me. <laughs> I know I'm not to be ashamed of the gospel because I know it's the power of God on salvation. Lord, help me to speak with boldness. Help me to have that courage and help when I share the good news of who you are, Jesus, that their hearts would be open, that your spirit would open their eyes and their ears, that they could see their need of you. That's a spiritual thing, guys. And again, who gets the glory? Heaven rejoices when a sinner repents, right? A party going on in heaven, that's good stuff. So I got a hold of this book. And again, I grew up in a church. We give a lot of lip service to the gifts of the Spirit, but none are ever actually practiced. I picked up this book, and you guys know a little bit of my background, okay? I graduated from high school without ever reading a book in my entire life, okay? I could not read. I still was having a hard time reading at this point in my life. I read this entire book in one sitting. It gripped me in such a way because what Chuck did, he just walked through really what the Bible teaches concerning the gifts, but he was sharing testimonies. And some of you guys know his background. God was doing a lot in the 70s. There was a Jesus movement, and the gifts of the Spirit were accompanied in that. Things were happening. And he was explaining very naturally in a Christian's life, just as we walk with Jesus, how these supernatural gifts can work in and through us for the glory of God, and that's what I was captivated about because as he shared these testimonies and how the Spirit works through the church by these different gifts, I'm just like, yeah, that totally makes sense. I see why God would give those gifts. How could anybody believe that these gifts have ceased? This is such a good, needed thing for the body of Christ. And we're going to get into these gifts and talk why. I think we might have a few of these books in the bookstore if you guys want to grab one. But Chuck said this. He said, no Holy Spirit and you dry up. Okay? Too much Holy Spirit, you blow up. Right balance and you grow up. And I think that's true today. Because we have the screens. <laughs> the gifts are not for today. That's one extreme. All the way to anything goes. Okay? Guys, there's a balance here. Let all things be done decently in order. Again, 1 Corinthians 14.40. You guys are going to know this verse by the time we get through these three chapters. Let it all be done, but decently and in order. Now, concerning the gifts, some say that it had stopped with the apostolic age, okay? Um, yet, we have the apostle Peter. He prophesied for us concerning the gifts that they would be being used through um, the last days. Take a look here with me in Acts chapter 2, 17. And it shall come to pass, and he's quoting the prophet Joel, that in the last days, you guys know we're living in the last days? Okay. Biblically speaking, the context is last days since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the biblical understanding. So it's been all this age of the church age, this dispensation of grace Okay, the entire time. And you can see that because a lot say, hey, it was for the early church. The apostles were the only ones who could walk in these gifts. Then they stopped. 
But if you actually study church history, we have the early centuries, there were times that the church were moving in the gifts, in the spirit. And if you look throughout history, the last 2,000 years, there's been testimony over and over again of the gifts being used. So they haven't ceased. Um, God's still doing things today, uh, which is awesome. But he says that it will pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Pretty cool, huh? Is that happening today? Yeah, it is. There are people prophesying. There are visions that God has given to men. Old men are having dreams. Pretty cool. God's faithful to his word. So let's jump in. You guys got your Bibles open? Verse 1 again. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Do not ignore. We are called to be learned. Okay? Let's learn this morning. Verse 2 says, you know that we were Gentiles carried about by, I love that he uses dumb idols. Why? Do you guys know that idols are dumb? What can they do for you? You know? What are they? Yeah. <laughs> However you were led, but we're all guilty. Okay, weren't we the same? We were living for that. That was our God. Everything we did came back around to that. You guys know that nothing even comes close to the Lord. You shall have no other gods before me, he says. Okay? Little children, keep yourself from idols. Why? Because they're dumb. Okay? So that's my deep dive into that verse. But you guys recall in chapter 2 of Corinthians, okay, that you were Gentiles. You remember there were three groups that Paul laid out for us. You had the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church. Those are the only three groups of people in the world today. And if you are a Gentile, who've come to faith in Christ, you are no longer a Gentile, but you are what? The church. You're part of the body of the Christ. Okay? And for a Jew who comes to faith in Christ, who are they? They're part of the church, the body of Christ. So, give up on those idols, guys. They do nothing. Okay? Verse 3 says, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus accursed. No one calls Jesus accursed. How many GDs do we hear dropped on a daily basis? I mean, using our Lord and Savior's name. No one has ever loved any more than he, giving all of himself upon that tree 2,000 years ago for the sins of the world. He so loved the world that he gave and we use Jesus Christ as a curse word, that's the world today. Think about it, guys. One of the most popular curse words is the name of our God. That's the world. Say that spiritual things aren't true. All you need to do, listen for a minute. Whoa. The world, they can't call Jesus Lord. And then it goes on to say, and no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Does anybody have an old King James Version here this morning? It says right here, 
No one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Okay? The is actually in the original manuscripts. It means not just a Lord. Do you guys know that demons even believe in Jesus being Lord? They don't believe he is the Lord, the master. There's a difference. And we as Christians, we need to discern because there's a lot of people that may say Jesus is Lord, but you can't say without the Holy Spirit, Jesus is the Lord, singular, the only one, period. So we need to be careful. I see a lot of people today, especially like celebrities, oh, did you hear their little acceptance speech? They said, God bless you at the end. They're born again, they're saved. We need to discern. Just because somebody says Jesus is Lord doesn't mean they're saved, guys. Aren't we called to test all spirits? Okay? Do you really believe? Because I meet people all the time. You know, are you a Christian? Do you believe that Jesus is God? That he really is who he said he is? That he is the only Savior? Well, no, I believe there's other ways and other gods. People worship other gods. Don't you know that? Yeah, I do know that. And I know you're not saved now. Stop calling yourself a Christian. You know, I often tell people, if they ask me if I'm Christian, I'll tell them, yeah, I know Jesus. I'm born again. Like, I want a little clarity to come around it. Like, hey, I'm not just a Christian because we have 90, almost 90% of people in the United States say they're Christian. Do you guys know there's atheists who say they're Christian? It's weird. <laughs> you don't even believe in God, but you'll say you're a Christian. How does that work? Anyways, the point is, you guys get what Paul's saying here? Okay. Um, and then he goes on. and We're going to consider the gifts this morning. Verse 4, there's a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. You guys understand this? It's from God. We are one body, one faith. Okay. There's one spirit. Verse 5, there are differences of ministries, okay? Now, God's going to give these gifts, okay, administer these different gifts. Why? That we may minister. So whatever gift you have from the Lord, it is to be a servant, to minister to others. So he says here, same ministries, they, they're going to different, but it's all the same Lord. Verse 6 and there are a diversity of activities, but the same God who works all and in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The profit of all. Again, guys, the gift is not for you. It is for the body. We're to stir each other up. We are to love and to serve. And how can you use your gift if you're not here? You know, some people, I don't know what happened over the last couple of years with this pandemic, there are so many people who've stopped going to church. Do you guys know statistically, we here in America are more spiritual than we have been in the last 50 years. This is coming out. People are open spiritually, but they don't want to attach themselves to any church, any religion. Very spiritually open, but when it comes to one truth, one way, <laughs> what God has to say, they want nothing to do with that. And there's also more Christians today who profess the faith who are not a part or a member of a church currently. That's higher than it's ever been. Yeah, we got a large group here today, but the reality is just locally in our little community, there's probably more believers today 
who really do know Jesus that are sitting at home doing nothing. They're not being stirred up. They're not using their gifts as we're exhorted to do to be a blessing to the body. Be beneficial to who? All. So it's the profit of all. And then verse 8, let's start getting into the different gifts. There's nine of them that we're going to look at this morning. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Okay? How many of you guys pray for wisdom? Right? Doesn't James tell us, hey, <laughs> if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you liberally. I'm like, God, I need a whole lot of wisdom. I'm always praying for wisdom. But again, guys, this is not just a natural wisdom. Because some of us are pretty smart people. We can look at a situation, we can know some things, and we can say, hey, here's some wisdom. This is what should happen. This is what would be best. This is how it would work out. Again, this is supernatural wisdom. And wisdom is always knowledge that is applied. But again, guys, supernatural wisdom. Do you guys ever find yourself when you're reading your scripture, your mind just gets blown? You're just like, whoa, I've been struggling. I've been having some questions. <laughs> and God, in one verse, you just blew my mind apart. <laughs> I'm blown away right now because this totally makes sense. This makes, this works. Your way is way better than anything I could come up with, okay? That is a spiritual wisdom because his word is spirit and truth, okay? And for us, it is good for us to study the word because all things that can, you know, <laughs> pertain to life and godliness are found in Christ Jesus, and if he is the Logos and the volume of the book is about him, do you think it's pretty important for us to get into the word? Absolutely, okay? But when this word of wisdom is given by the Spirit, one of these gifts, okay, it is a word. Like, okay, <laughs> this is beyond my understanding, beyond my smarts. Here's some wisdom given from the Lord at that specific time in that moment for a purpose, and some of you guys may have that gift where you're just like, oh, this is happening. Oh, they're talking about that. Hmm. Wonder if the Packers will beat the Bears tonight. Duh. And then God will just drop a word. Like, here's some wisdom into the situation. And you're like, oh, I don't care about that dumb idol football. This matters right now because this is about people. This is, this is something God cares about. And God has a word right now in this situation. Here's some wisdom to be brought. Don't you guys find a, a peace from the Lord when you have a brother or sister who has that gift and they speak into your life that word of wisdom in a season where you need a word? You find peace? I had a brother a few months back, okay? I don't, I have a hard time sharing with people and being vulnerable sometimes. And I just kind of puked all over him. Normally, it's just me and God. I'll puke on him all day long. He, he can take it. But I don't like putting my stuff on other people. And there were just some things going on, heads button. I was just sharing with him just some of the situation and everything that was going on in my life. And in the short time I spent with him, he's got the gift of wisdom. And he's a young man. And he just began to speak. And I'm just, I was just sitting back in my seat. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> this is exactly what I needed. Here I am tripping here and about that. And I know this. I know what he's saying. But he was able to speak and put some flesh on it, work it out. Okay, that word of wisdom that I could finally see. 
and understand like, oh, you are right. And ultimately, it comes back to where I was. You guys know we trust God no matter what. You know, we're going to stand upon him and his promise and what he says. But when you have that gift being used within the body, it is a needed word. And some of you guys, again, if we're not exercising our gifts, we're going to be missing out on that. So, knowledge applied. Let's go to the next gift. The word of knowledge, okay? Well, isn't that the same thing as wisdom? You guys know knowledge is totally different than wisdom. Again, wisdom is knowledge applied. What do we do as a result of knowing something, okay? What do we do with it? Now, spiritual knowledge, okay, is going to be something that is only from God. It's not something you're going to be able to figure out by doing more schooling, reading more books, sitting down and doing all the math, Okay, this is from God. It's something only God could drop in there. You guys remember uh, when Jesus asked the disciples, hey, who do you guys say I am? You guys remember Peter spoke up? Hey, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. (gasps) Boom, how did Peter know that? He had a word of knowledge from who? Jesus said, hey, flesh and blood, nothing of this life made that known to you. It didn't reveal it to you. But it was my father in heaven. He gave you that word of knowledge. And isn't it cool when somebody just speaks, like, hey, I know what God's up to. <laughs> I know this. And it's not because I know it. It's because God's given me a word. He's given me a gift to know. And we've got to walk in those gifts, guys. Okay, if he's giving you that, um, do something with it. Okay? Also, to another faith by the same spirit. Well, don't we all have faith, Pastor? I believe in Jesus just like you. Don't we all have faith? Guys, this is a different kind of faith. Yeah, we have faith, but have you ever been around a brother or sister that just believes like, hey, God spoke. (laughs) We're going to do it. We're going for it. This is what needs to happen. They have that great faith. Aren't they fun to be around? Just like, whoa. They're going for it, and I don't know how it's going to work out or how that's going to happen, but they have the gift of faith from God, okay? It's the ability to discern God's will, what is God up to, and pursue it with extraordinary confidence and then lay hold of God's promises. And we need that, guys. Jesus asked the question, hey, when I return, am I going to find faith? Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God. So let me encourage you, brothers and sisters, who have the gift of faith, your faith is going to encourage the rest of us to have bigger faith. It's going to be a blessing to the body. Because like, yeah, I know you. <laughs> you shouldn't be having faith like this. But that's a gift to the body. It can stir us up. Also, there's a gift of healings, Okay? Um, this one, I believe that God heals. I've seen God heal firsthand. Um, There are some people, when it comes to the gifts, they'll scratch off a few of them, okay? Like tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings. Those are gone. The other gifts are still around, but those ones, for some reason, are gone. And when it comes to the gifts, okay, we're looking at the spirituals, okay, the gifts of the Spirit, This, do you guys see the S there? Gifts of healing. Okay? Now, some of you guys may have prayed for someone and they were healed. 
awesome. I have the gift of healing. <gasps> cool. Hey, who else is sick? <laughs> I'll pray for you too. And then you go and pray again. But there, you just healed them. That was a miracle. That's not, you can't explain that, medically speaking. That's impossible. You guys know the doctors have to deal with a lot of impossible things. Yeah, it's so rad. Um, I love it. But that's where we get to shine for Jesus, guys. I'm going to share a real, I wasn't planning on sharing this at all. Uh, a week and a half ago, I was out in California. I got to see my buddy Andrew. Some of you guys know him. He's one of my best friends. Um, He's taken on a new job where he's in multiple hospitals now, okay? He works with machines that uh, keep the heart pumping, okay? It's a specialized machine, so he's helping doctors run this on their patients, different things. Well, there was one man that he had uh, befriended who was waiting on a heart transplant. And in the waiting, it was weeks before a heart uh, finally came in, and they got the phone call, hey, Ken, we have a heart for you. You're going to come in tomorrow morning or whatever time it was. But that evening, he was rushed into the hospital because he had a blood clot in his brain. Okay, A new heart was waiting in the night before. Blood clot. Andrew, in those few weeks, had opportunities to actually pray with this man and his family. He had become a friend. Now, Andrew has sat in many surgeries over the years. He understands what the doctors do, the surgeons do with the heart and all the different things that take place during a surgery. And he's seen many of them. But because this guy had this piece, this pump in his heart already to keep him alive during this time, and that's something that he had been helping with, he, was, he had to come in for the surgery that was now done on the brain, and he had never seen a brain surgery before. He had never seen a brain, so that's a whole new thing to him. But it wasn't just somebody who just came in because they just had a heart attack, some random person that he doesn't even know. This is a man that he's befriended. This is a man that he knows personally. This is a man It looked like he was going to be dying. It was that bad. And after the surgery, he fell into a coma. And all the doctors, and this is one of the better hospitals in all of California, he's not going to make it. This isn't good. Now again, Andrew's bumping around to several different hospitals, never at the same hospital on a regular basis. But he kept getting called that week after to the exact same hospital and he had befriended the wife and the family, and he got to pray with them daily for healing. Ken is alive and well today. He came to just like two or three days ago. You know, and it's a neat testimony to the Lord. Now, whether or not Andrew has the gift of healing or God just chose to heal, the point is he can. It's the Lord who heals, and for whatever reason, the medical group said, this, this can't happen. He's done. Too far gone. But with the Lord, it's never too far gone. He can heal, and sometimes he will, and sometimes he doesn't. That's up to the Lord. You know, Some of you guys have been going through some really hard things, and there's been a lot of prayers 
you know? And it's one of those things like, Lord, we know you can and we're praying in faith. And that's, I think, the key. We pray for that healing, but ultimately your will be done, God. You know. We know you can. And sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. That's the Lord's deal. But what he asks us to do, guys, because it is gifts of healing. We know he can and he still does. It's on us to pray. That's our job. So if you are sick, what are you to do? James says, hey, call for the elders of the church. They're going to anoint with you with oil and they're going to pray over you. Okay? And I would encourage you as a church family here, a church body, call on the elders, you know? And if you're so sick you can't even get out of bed, I know these guys love you enough. They'll drive over to your house and pray with you. If you're in the hospital, we'll come and pray with you, okay? And if you have faith to pray for healing, pray. You don't have to be an elder to do it, okay? This is gifts that God gives to the body. And we should be praying, and we should be expecting to see those things, okay? Moving on. Are you guys learning a little bit? I know we're taking our time. We could take a lot more time, but I wanted to get through all of them. And we'll revisit these gifts individually in weeks to come. But this morning, I wanted to get through all nine, okay? Miracles, those would be signs and wonders. This is another one that many say have ceased. God can't move in that way. I would say don't ever put God in a box. Now, do we see signs and wonders like we see in the book of Acts? Like Jesus walking on water? I believed I could walk on water. I actually fell in the lake one time. I really thought I was going to walk on some water one day, you know? Could it have happened? If God wanted to do that, I could have. But after I dunked into the water, came back up, he said, I didn't call you to walk on water, son. (laughs) Difference is, I asked Peter to do it. I didn't ask you to do it. And that's the thing with the signs and wonders, guys. There might be something where God asks you to do something, and it might be really strange, okay? I would encourage you to step out in faith, but make sure he's calling you to do it. Amen? Okay, and I don't want to put God in a box. Can he still do signs and wonders? Absolutely, he's God. Don't tell God what he can and can't do. That's ridiculous. There were signs and wonders in the Old Testament. We see it in the early church. We have church history. There's been things that have been happening. Okay, so signs and wonders is another gift. Prophecy. Oh, I could talk about this one for a while. Um, We're exhorted in scripture when it comes to the gifts to earnestly desire the best gifts, and the best gift is prophecy. And the reason why we're told biblically, and we'll get into this a little more down the line, but it is a gift that actually encourages the body. If it's done biblically, it's going to build up the body. And a lot of times, there's a lot of gloom, like doom, like, oh, thus says the Lord, you're all judging, going to hell. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> we can foretell the truth, hey, if you're unrepentant, if you won't turn from your sin and turn to God, you are going to go to hell. That's biblical. You know, you need to repent and put your faith in Jesus. Um, a lot of times when we think about prophecy, we think about the prophets of old. We think about Isaiah and Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah. And, you know, they spoke not all what was going to happen yet future, but most of what they spoke was what? Just declaring what God has already spoken. There's a fourth telling of the word of God. Now, can somebody have the gift of prophecy and know what's going to happen in the future? Absolutely. Okay? But what are we told to do? Test all spirits. 
discern whether it's from God or not. Now, I have this unique privilege being a pastor where everybody thinks I need to know everything that's going on in the world. So I get sent all these articles and messages and prophet. Did you hear this prophet? Did you hear what he said? Oh, first of all, I don't care. <laughs> but I'm told in scripture not to despise prophecies. So once again, I'm going to waste my time. And I'm going to come over here and I'll check it out. And if you have any discernment whatsoever, most prophecy today is a joke. The gift of prophecy is going to be something that you could not know. Only God could know it. And if you're going to foretell something, they're going to know. And for some reason, we within the church, we love conspiracy. We're loving politics, and especially when God speaks to that stuff. And so many of those articles, guys, were about, hey, this person prophesied that so-and-so was going to appoint so-and-so to be one of our you know, Supreme Court justices, and she would be pro-life. And have you not seen this prophecy? It's all over the place. This man heard from God. He had these dreams, and it was and I'm just like, oh, boy. First of all, that president already told us a list of who he wanted to be on the Supreme Court. We also knew that one of the judges was most likely to die because they were getting old. And this person lives in D.C. He knows what's going on on the Hill. He's probably read these things. Don't tell me you had a dream and a vision. You did some math and took a pretty logical guess. That's not a prophetic word from God. And I don't like to be harsh like that, but when God speaks prophetically, it's going to be something no one can figure out on their own. It is from God. And that's the type of prophecy I'm willing to listen to. So stop sending me articles that stink, that are dumb. We read about dumbness before, okay? Because what are they doing? The church wants a prophetic word. You look at the prophecy conferences. Man, if we did a conference, hey, we're just going to look at Jesus. He's what matters to us as the church. Would you come and have a conference on that? Yeah, maybe. But I want a prophecy conference. Don't you know we're living in the last days and it's all about that? It's not about that. We should know about that. I tell you things beforehand that your hearts may not be troubled. But in light of that, this is what you're to do, son, daughter. My mission hasn't changed because you're living at this time in history. I'm still in the business of saving people. I'm still in the business of loving people. And that's what I want you to do. Go love your neighbor. But don't you know the end of the world's coming, God? Yeah, go love my neighbor. We need to be careful. Because we're told in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that in the last days we're going to heap up teachers for ourselves because we have itchy ears. I want to hear the prophetic and we need to discern, guys. Test the spirits, whether they're from God or not. 20 years ago, I asked a very simple question. 
and was chastised for it. Who watches the watchman? Because we have all these prophetic ministries out here, and they said this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. According to the Bible, what are we supposed to do with a prophet? They're to be stoned. But yet, we're going to have this man who lied come back and teach us again. We're the watchmen for the watchmen. You say you're a discernment ministry. We know what's going on. We need to know what's going on. We need to receive a prophetic word, but we need to discern whether that's from God or not. Because let me tell you what, perfect love, it's going to cast out fear. And if anyone is speaking fear to the church, that's not of God. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Okay? You will have tribulations. We will be hated for our faith. But we are called to be salt and light to share the good news of Jesus Christ, whether our culture is okay with it or not, whether it's called hate speech or not. None of that matters, guys. Because we can have all the freedoms in the world and the church is dying here in the United States. What do we do with the freedoms? We want our freedoms. We want to keep our freedoms. What are you doing, Christian, with your freedoms? It's not about our freedom. It's about Jesus Christ receiving the reward of his suffering. And whether we're allowed to preach him or not, we're going to preach him because we don't please man. We obey God. Amen? So, again, we don't want to despise prophecy, though. We do want to be open to it, but we need to be discerning. Amen? That brings us to our next gift. Discerning of spirits. Test of all spirits, right? That's where the discerning comes in, Right? Great, you got a discerning ministry. Are you really discerning what's going on? Okay, well, what is going on? Well, those who have the gift of discernment are going to be able to speak to that. Well, this is what God is up to. This is what is happening. This is a now word. Because a lot of times it's easy for us to get so caught up into this thing. You know why I think that happens? Because Satan doesn't want us about the one thing. And who's the one thing? Jesus, and he will do anything, saint, to get us off track. Oh, get your eyes over here. (laughs) Let's trip on the temporal for a while. Even though God's asked us to fix our eyes upon Jesus, to be eternally minded, I'm going to listen to Satan because this is what really matters. Don't you know? Have you not read the article I sent to your email? If you would have read that article, Pastor, you would know it's about this temporal thing. If you've sent me messages, I love you. (laughs) And I try to respond to them. But again, guys, we want to be discerning. Now, let's get to the hot topic. That's why I put it in hot pink. Do you guys know that out of all these gifts, tongues is the most controversial one? And I think it's a little ridiculous because we're told it's the least of the gifts. So much emphasis is put on speaking in tongues, and we're told, hey, this is the least of all the gifts. So what is tongues? Well, it's speaking a prayer or prayer, uh, <coughs> praise uh, spoken in syllables, not understood by the person who's speaking it. Now, you guys who have the gift of tongues, you know that it's a weird thing. It's just like, what? 
Okay, I'm sensing the spirit. I'm praying, but I don't have a clue what I am saying. <laughs> How does this work? Well, that's a faith thing. Now, like my Pentecostal pastor buddy in the white Corvette or convertible, um, do you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved? No, not at all. Did you guys even know that was a thing? I didn't know that was a thing the first time I preached. First time I ever preached, I was preaching in Jamaica. I was on a missions trip. And I got the opportunity to bring the word of God, and I was pretty stoked. Let me tell you what, you know, didn't sleep much leading up to that. We finally got there, got up the hill. And I got to preach whatever I wanted to preach. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Well, what am I going to preach? The gospel. So we're preaching, having an outreach night. The church was packed. Uh, there were people outside the church just standing, um, listening in. Um, very charismatic church. There was a lot of jumping around, uh, speaking in tongues everywhere before service during the praise time. I'm like, wow, this is chaos, you know? And that's actually what Paul says. We'll get to that in chapter 14. If unbelievers would walk into a mess like that, they would be just like, this is silliness. And that would be, you know? Uh, anyways, we're going to talk all about that in chapter 14. We'll get into tongues in depth. But I remember I got to preach the gospel, okay? And it was very clear. It was very biblical, okay? This is how you're saved, period. There is nothing else. It is Jesus, period. And all you need to do is have faith in him. You are called to repent and believe in him. And if you do that, you will be saved according to the scriptures. You know? Well, I could tell the women pastors over on the side were a little undone with what I just said. And I was confused. I'm like, what's going on? And then the biggest man I've ever met in my entire life, they do altar calls at the end. Okay, before they even did the altar call, I just finished praying at the end of the sermon. They were going to come up and do their altar call thing. I'm coming down, and the biggest man I've ever seen personally comes walking up to me, just crying, just weeping. And he's like, is what you said true? I'm like, that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, that if you believe in him, you'll be saved? I'm like, Absolutely. He's like, I've been taught my entire life that I'm not saved, I'm not good enough, that God doesn't love me because I can't speak in tongues. That's what their church taught. And here's a man, he's like, I, I love the Lord. I believe in Jesus. You guys see where bad doctrine can totally derail and be used by the devil? That's why you have to rightly divide the word. And when it comes to tongues, guys, it's not a proof of your salvation, but it is a gift to the body of Christ. And it's a gift to the person who receives that gift. And the gift is used to be praised to God. Do you guys know every single time that we see tongues used and interpreted in Scripture, it is always praise to the Lord. Every single time. Now, I've been in a lot of Assembly of God churches over the years, and they will teach and they believe that when a tongue is given and the interpretation is made, that then is prophecy given. Thus says the Lord, a prophecy is made to the church. 
that is not a prophetic word. Because every time when the tongue is given and interpreted, it is always praise to God. It's not thus says the Lord to the church. No, they are magnifying and exalting Jesus. That's what we see biblically, and that's what I've seen personally, okay? I had a brother that I got to do several mission trips with. He had the gift of interpretation, and we were going, this is overseas, so we had believers from all different camps, and we were having services together with them, and there would be tongues that would be given during the service, and then there was an interpretation, and then somebody was, thus says the Lord kind of thing, and he's just like, that wasn't the interpretation, (laughs) And he would share with me what it was, and guess what? It was biblical, because it was right to the Lord. And that's what we've seen in our own fellowship. There's been a few times where a tongue was given, and every single time, an interpretation, if there was an interpretation, it was always back to the Lord in the way of praise. And that's why we're told and exhorted, you know, to another is given the interpretation of tongues. And we're told later in Corinthians that if you do speak in tongues, you should be praying for the interpretation also. Okay, I've prayed for the gift of interpretation for many years. It just hasn't happened. But again, God gives as he wills. You guys understand that? He's the one who gives. So what does interpretation do? Well, that's a supernatural, again, interpretation. It's not like, oh, I know that language. You know, you just spoke in German and I know German. Here's interpretation. (laughs) Because we're told, hey, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So a tongue can be heavenly or earthly, okay? And there may be people, you guys remember when uh, the Spirit fell upon uh, the believers there in the early church on Pentecost? And everyone's like, what's going on? (laughs) They're all praising God in our own language, okay? They're Galileans. They don't speak like us. They don't know our language. What are they doing? Well, they were all praising the Lord. But with a gift of interpretation, someone that doesn't have a clue, they just know, hey, this is what God has just spoken through this tongue, and here's the interpretation of it. Okay? And that's a beautiful thing, and we're told in Corinthians it's something that builds up the church. And when it's done rightly, guys, it does edify the body of Christ. Okay, it will build up. Do we want to move in the gifts? Absolutely. But something I don't want to do, and I've really purposed in my heart not to do, is I don't want to play games <laughs> with the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want to provoke things, because I've been in a lot of charismatic settings, okay, that, hey, a lot of emotions, a lot of hoopla, this is what God's doing. And if you're cursed with the gift of discernment, you can know how dumb Things might be that are going on. (laughs) You might know what God's actually up to or what's really happening. And it's hard for you guys who have the gift of discernment. I feel bad for you. You're going to be very critical and you need to spend a lot of time bringing it before the Lord, okay? Trusting him, praying into those things. Um, Yeah. The point is, guys, when it comes to the gift of tongues and interpretation, we're told biblically, hey, if it is done, only two or three at most, when you gather together publicly and they have to have an interpretation. And when it comes to the gifts, are we open to them? Yeah, because the Bible teaches them. But they're to be done decently and in order, okay? And now one of those things, does anyone here have the gift of interpretation? That's one of those big things. I've had people like, why don't you guys pray in tongues? Do you have the gift of interpretation? 
find someone who's got the gift of interpretation, you know? If the Lord will lead us to do it, great, you know? But we're not going to provoke it, you know? I'm not going to stand up here. Now we just had a great teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Let's use all the gifts, okay? If it's something God would lead us into, great. We're open to that. We've had times where we've had special services. Hey, we're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to pray. If something happens, great. If not, guess what? Great, but we're not going to provoke it. It's not going to be some emotional hoopla, okay? Because again, it's got to be a moving of God's spirit. And even a prophetic word. Some of you guys, I just had to speak. I'm sorry I interrupted this morning, you know, but I just felt so strongly and I couldn't help myself. And I just had to speak this prophetic word. Do you guys know that the gift is subject to the person? That's what the scriptures teach us. If you have the gift of prophecy, you have control over that. If you have the gift of tongues, it's not like, oh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. I just started blurting it out. No, if you have got the gift of tongues, you can speak in tongues whenever you want. And you can stop whenever you want. That's what the scriptures teach. And those who have these gifts, you know it to be true. And that's why it's hard sometimes when you're in different settings, you see the gifts being abused, and you're just like, that's not of the Lord. That's actually contrary to Scripture. It's abused. We just don't want anything to do with it ever again. And I think that's a bad mentality to have also. Would you guys agree with that? So again, we want to be biblical when it comes to the gifts. So we'll talk a lot more about tongues and interpretation in chapter 14 when we get there. But I don't want to miss verse 11, okay? Because this is one of those things, and I hope you guys are in this place asking, am I over time already? Dang! I was going to fly through these this morning. I am so sorry, guys. Okay. You might be asking, well, what gifts for me? Well, he distributes to each one as he wills. You guys got that? You don't have to speak in tongues because guess what? He might not will it for you to speak in tongues. He might will that, hey, I want you instead to have the word of knowledge or I'm going to give you the word of wisdom, okay? He gives as he wills. It might be more than one of the gifts, but I believe God gives at least one of the gifts to us. So he gives as he wills. Catch that. It's God's deal. There's also some more gifts. You guys can jot down Romans chapter 12. This is Jesus speaking. He speaks of seven other gifts. We're not going to read through those. You guys can go back to our study on Romans 12. We did an in-depth study on that. Uh, Jesus speaks here uh, in Mark 16 uh, about different gifts. You know, uh, in the name of Jesus, you'll cast out demons. That would be a miracle, right? Have you guys ever seen a demon? It's pretty crazy. Can Jesus really cast out demons? Yeah, very much happening today. Um, They will speak in new tongues. So even Jesus talked about tongues. Miracles. Um, Anyways, we have that passage. So I want to close with two quotes real quick. Chuck Swindoll said this, your gift is a privilege. Okay? If you've received a gift from God and we should all desire and be praying for gifts, especially the good ones, but it's a privilege. And he goes on to say, so accept it, but don't flaunt it. Your gift is a responsibility, so use it, don't abuse it. I love that. And then our buddy Gail, he's still alive, said, he said, it's sad what was an integral part of the early church is only a movement today. And I agree with him, it is sad. Because this is something that God's given. His gifts are good to the body. They're to be beneficial to the body. 
So I would encourage you guys to really pray and ask, Lord, what gifts would you have? How do we identify the gifts? You know, well, part of it's studying the word. Know which gifts are available. That's what we've done this morning. This is what God teaches us. Also, be available to receive the gift, okay? You can't give a gift to someone who won't receive it. Are you open to what he wants to give you? And then thirdly, guys, I think we need to pray for God's gift, okay, that he's designed for you, okay, that he's assigned it already, it's waiting. You just need then to receive it by faith. And then step out in faith. You know, be bold with a word of knowledge if you've been given that gift, okay? Don't wait around to feel gifted, but earnestly desire the best gifts. That's what we're called to do biblically. So are we charismatic? That's the question I threw out there this morning. And I think the bigger question is, are we biblical? A lot of people have thoughts. There's a lot of ink that's been spilled over the controversy that comes around the gifts of the Spirit. Guys, our approach to the Bible is always the same. Okay, We're going to take it literal. We're going to see what God says. He never said the gifts would cease. He says these are gifts that are given for the church, for the building up, the edifying of the church. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be biblical. You guys want to be biblical? Amen. So that's why we got to do our homework. Let's read ahead the next couple chapters. Let's be praying on these things, okay? Asking God because he is a good heavenly father who will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So if you're not saved, pray. He will save you, okay? In the gifts, you pray. What is God? What will he will to give to you? So why don't we stand and we'll close in prayer together. Uh-oh. We got to do communion, guys. Uh, can I have a couple of men pass it out? As the guys are passing this out, I just want to share one more thought. Uh, Sunny and I were talking earlier this week about the gifts, and she listened to a brother that we really enjoy his teachings, but he would say the gifts have ceased today. We respect him as a brother. We love him. I, I want to get insight. I want to know if I'm missing anything when it comes to the scriptures, so that's why I love studying, listening to other sermons, but it all comes back to what does God say, and that's the most important thing. But we're talking about the gifts and just how natural the gifts being received should be for us as God's kids, okay? For you guys uh, who are a little older or you who have little biddies right now at home, you know how gift giving works, right? Just like, hey, look what I have. <laughs> I got a present for you. What do the little ones do? <laughs> no, thank you, Dad. You're so awesome. I don't even know what's in there yet. But you're so, what do kids do? <laughs> What's in there? <laughs> they just grab a hold of it and they take it, you know, and it's like, whoa, this is great. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for giving this to me, Dad. 
you know? And then what do we do as parents? What do we do as parents? We enjoy seeing our children use the gift, right? It's just like, oh, they're still using it. That's awesome. And I think that's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. As I was talking with Sonny about how natural it is for our gifts, you know, it doesn't have to be some crazy, like the gift of tongues, for instance, okay? It's something that I was in a circle where I was finally around other believers who had that gift. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should pray for that. And I had leaders pray for me for that. And I didn't receive the gift of tongues. And I was like, what's up with that? Well, weeks and weeks and weeks later, I'm praying in my bedroom and I received the gift. I'm just praying like, oh, that's cool, kind of timely, because I really was on my heart to be praying and I didn't know what to pray anymore. There was some crazy stuff going on and you guys know that as we looked at it the other week, hey, there's a battle going on. <laughs> we need to be praying, praising the Lord. You know? And the same thing with Sunny. You know? It was nothing in her context you know, when it came to the gift of speaking in tongues. She was just riding in her car one day and just praying, and the Spirit just fell and gave her the gift. So I, wanna, I want you guys, there's no formula. <laughs> it's just open. If God brings a gift, will you receive it? You just receive it. And I think as we come to the Lord's table together here, guys, it's one of those things that we remember Him, okay? In the gifts, guys, it's about him. Don't ever miss that. Because sometimes we can get so fixated on the gifts or the blessings that we miss the one who gives the gifts. We miss the blesser himself. In anything that he gives, it really is for his glory. Do you guys understand this? It's for the glory of the Lord. And as we come to the Lord's table together, let's be mindful of that. Because we're called to remember his life and his death. And because he did die, we get to live. Do you understand that? We have new life. We're born again of the spirit of God. We are now spiritual beings. And a lot of these things that we talk about today, well, this seems so foreign. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, as a spiritual child of God now, it should be a very natural thing. Like, oh, a gift? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. So I would ask you guys, as we close in communion together, Okay, we were taught last time, Elder Joel went through, what do we do at the Lord's table? We examine ourselves, okay? And I think sometimes we miss out on things God has for us because there is sin. There's things in our life that are keeping us from receiving because we're holding on to that thing, that idol. So I encourage you guys, take a moment now, examine yourself, and just ask the Lord, hey, I'm remembering you. I'm looking to you. I thank you that you're my Savior. And because of that, I'm adopted into your family. And now, Father God, if there's something you want to give to me, to receive that by faith. Okay? But it should be very natural. So let's partake together. Yeah. Father, just as we often are able to come together in communion, it's something you've asked us to do. It's something that you've asked us to partake in together and to receive from you. And we would pray, Father, that we would, in light of just all the blessings and gifts that you've given to us, that we would receive in the same like manner, that we would do it in faith to receive all that you've done 
And Jesus, we are so thankful that you are the savior of the world. And we do receive that gift of salvation, of eternal life, the forgiveness of sins by faith. Thank you so much for being good. Thanks for loving us. I do thank you that you have good in view for our church family. And I do, we all do, ask of you that you'd stir us up well, that we would glorify you in all we do, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, Truth Project. Love for you guys to come out. Good stuff.